This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Missanelli podcast, a Monday, October 9th podcast number. 119 brought to us by Bet Rivers. We got a producer back today, Darren Degatano, producer Darren missed last week with uh, a very serious condition. He was actually on a ventilator for three days. I, I couldn't get in touch with him. He was asleep for three days. Darren, how you feeling? I know you had a bout with COVID and uh, a little meningitis. Like meningitis, encephalopathy. Encephalopathy, something like, yeah, there it is, encephalopathy, and uh, which is like an irritation of my brain lining, Mike. So, uh, yeah, it was a rough week. I was unconscious for about four days. Uh, I had a spinal tap, EKG, the brain, all that good stuff, but uh, I am back recovering, getting stronger every day, and it's good to be back. Yeah, I, I lost I lost t- contact with you. I know. Uh, I think I, my, we my podcast, you did a couple podcasts last week on a Monday and a Tuesday, and I, I kept trying to get in touch with you. No answer. You were in a ventilator sleep. <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, uh, your lovely wife, Maria, uh, looked at your phone and texted me back to let yeah. me know what was going on with you. So are you okay now? You uh, you okay to do this podcast? I'm good. I'm, I have a constant migraine headache, but I can push through and battle through, and we'll be fine. Let's go. All right. Well, you take it easy. Uh, let's right. uh, start the podcast today with uh, the current. The the Eagles, uh, a very impressive win for them. I, I got to be honest with you. This is, you know, the more this team plays, the more I see that they can win in, in definite ways. They dominated this game after it started off hairy. They went 23 to 14. I actually thought the Rams were going to cover. And, and for the first part of this game, it certainly looked like they would. Eagles are now 5-0 and and they're 3-0 and on the road. Uh, this was a, a study in efficiency, this this game. They controlled the ball on offense, and they curtailed Matthew Stafford in his second half, pitching a shutout, which was a great defensive adjustment by defensive uh, coordinator Sean Desai, who changed the coverages a- after Cooper Cup and Paka Nakua carved them up in the first half. Uh, they made some um, really interesting adjustments with an uncertain personnel in, in the backfield they, they tried a lot of people early on Goodrich and Eli Ricks and Morrow were in coverage on the slot receivers and it looked like a total mismatch until they finally got some stability in the second half with Bradley Roby who shows up they throw him on the field they didn't know how much they were going to get out of him but the veteran presence uh, really uh, c- counted for the Eagles in the second half of that game and Sean decided with great adjustments listen when you shut out a team with Matthew Stafford who's used to passing success with pretty good receivers and Cooper Cup back in the lineup, you're really doing something. And the turning point here in this game, it was easy. Uh, the Eagles score within four plays, driving 75 yards in 32 seconds, the last 32 seconds of the first half to make it 17-14. to 14. And that turned out to be all they would need 
They scored that touchdown right before halftime. And if you look at the series, A.J. Brown with a one-handed snag on a play that got him 38 yards, plus a horse-collar tackle on Darian Kendrick. And then Kendrick gives it up again with a pass interference in the end zone. So they get the ball to one. And when the Eagles get the ball to one, the whole world knows what's coming and nobody can stop it. And that's why the league is probably going to have to stop it. Push, push, boom, touchdown, 17 to 14. Here's what the Eagles do. It's really interesting. When guys aren't a priority in certain games, it takes them like after the game to process that. So the guy that really wasn't getting uh, any any kind of uh, eating was the tight end Dallas Goddard. Uh, in the past, you see A.J. Brown wasn't getting any targets. They target him the next game because he bitched and moaned about it. Uh, Dallas Goddard, quiet about it, but I think he had a total of like 88 yards in the game so far this year. He's a valuable weapon. All of a sudden, they come out of the shoot. Boom, they get him involved, and I know that had to be a priority in their offensive game plan. Four catches for 45 yards in the first drive. He finishes with eight catches for 117 yards. Uh, and I love the way they do that. They you know what? We're not getting this guy the ball. Let's make it a priority. And boom, they do that because it's efficient and also keeps the guy happy. You make a point to get a guy involved. You pick up his spirits a little bit. Now, in this game, the one guy they did not get involved was Devontae Smith. I will bet you a zillion dollars that they make him a priority next week at the New York Jets game. But uh, in any event, um, another monster game for uh, for A.J. Brown. Six catches for 127 yards. So he can bitch and moan all he wants. You know, as, as long, if they make it a priority to get him the football and they do get him the football, even if he's just bitching and they're trying to appease him, that's okay by me because another monster game. Yeah, the Hassan Reddick closing out the game like Craig Kimbrell with two sacks to finish off the Rams. You had uh, DeAndre Swift quietly efficient game, combined running and, and uh, uh, receiving for 108 yards. And, and let's talk about Jalen Hurts. Counted for 375 yards. Um, 25 for 38 for 303, and uh, he ran 15 times for 72 yards. Now, it, he had a really bad judgment on an interception. This is where sometimes he gets into trouble where he prioritizes A.J. Brown. It's the, the A.J.I. That, that he has. So that play, if you look at it, Quez Watkins is wide open in the end zone. He prioritized A.J. through the interception. Bad decision. And he did make a couple errant throws. He made an errant throw to Quez Watkins, another – played it on a, on a bubble screen quez messed up and yeah, everybody hated. he's the he's the now the receiver that everybody hates there's always been a receiver in philadelphia that the fan base will hate it's now uh quez watkins uh but um here's the problem 15 carries for jalen hurts i don't like it I, I just don't like it it's too many carries and they ran some straight ahead runs with him I don't think you need that play at all. Now, he made a really couple of good scrambles to account for that 72 yards. But they prioritized him carrying the ball too much. And there was one play where he got hit on the knee, and it did not look good. I don't like the 15 carries. It's too many carries. If he wants to scramble five times, I'm okay. If you want to run him two more times, that's fine. That's all the carries he should have. Um, so what the Eagles did in this game, they just controlled the clock. They controlled the ball. Uh and this is going to lead to a problem area because they didn't score in the red zone. Uh, but they controlled the ball. 453 total offense to 218 for the Rams. A 37-10 time of possession to the Rams, 2104. But again, one for six in the red zone on touchdowns. And some play calls were, were very questionable. They had third and two. 
um, and which was a questionable call that that bubble screen. Um, I, you know, I think Brian Johnson called an okay game overall, but in the red zone, they're going to have to pick that up because when they play a good team, <clears throat> the 49ers, uh, they're going to not have to have that bad, bad red zone efficiency. And here was the beauty of this game because the priority defensively or offensively, offensive line-wise, was to control Aaron Donald and make him a non-factor. They weren't worried about anybody else. This is what this is how smart the Eagles coaching staff is. Stalin looks at this and goes, we got to control this guy. If we control this guy, we're going to have a good night. And and, uh, and Hurts is going to get time to throw. And he had a lot of time to throw in the pocket in this game. And Aaron Donald was a non-factor. He had one tackle. He had one pressure. Now, that's amazing. And you only get that done if you're prioritizing that guy and knowing where he's going at every play. Get the center on him. Get Sue Opeta, who played well in, in Cam Jurgens' absence, and get Lane on him. And, and they turned him into really a, a non-factor. So great job by the coaching staff of the Eagles. 23-14, to 14, another win. Uh, and all that matters now, uh, when you look at this situation, are the Eagles as good as the 49ers at this point? And and we'll find out soon enough. Let's bring Darren in. Darren, uh, what were your thoughts on this game? First thing I want to say is that play by Jalen Carter. I haven't seen anybody in an Eagles uniform like Jalen Carter since Reggie White. Oh, my God. That one play, he just tossed the lineman. And, and he's so fast after the move. I thought that was he was so impressive yesterday. Going into the game, I thought Goddard would have a good game. The Rams are either worst or second to worst in the league in yardage to the tight end. So their linebackers are soft. They give up a lot of yards to the tight end. I had a feeling he would have a big game, finally. Um, and, man, was I wrong about DeAndre Swift. I didn't like the signing. I thought it was an overrated signing. He looks fresh. He looks like a rookie. Like, he moves like a rookie. And, uh, you know, he's a big asset to this team. I just hope they keep him healthy all year. Yeah, he is. Listen, uh, he didn't get many carries. He didn't get ground up in this game. So uh, that's always good. And I see DeAndre still come out of a game when he's efficient and he's not overworked. uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, What what did he do? He carried 17 times? Yeah, he, he did carry 17 times, though, right? Yeah, he had 17 carries. That's that's probably a little. You're never going to get more than 17 carries for a back in this no, offense. I, and 17, I want considerably carries. less for him. That that's the whole point. I don't yep. want him getting 17 I carries. Uh, I thought he had less than that, but uh, I'm wrong on that. Um, okay, so um, let's talk about uh, whether they're as good as the 49ers right now. We watched the 49ers uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they're pretty good. Uh, are they the best team in the NFC right now? You know, I'm going to say, well, first of all, they're healthy. They don't have any injuries. There's nobody on on, the, on either side of the ball for the 49ers that's recovering. The Eagles have a couple guys. They're a little banged up on both sides of the ball. I think at full health, I don't worry about any team with the Eagles, especially because that Niner game is in Philly. Um, the other thing is, look, the, it's hard to imagine this 49ers team playing any better than it did yesterday. Right. If they play better than that, then, you know, but and the Eagles haven't even come close to playing their best game. Not even close. Their one game. It's going to be a barometer for me is the Miami game in two weeks for this reason. Speed. The Dolphins have a ton of speed. If the Eagles shut down that offense, I don't I don't really worry about 49ers as much as I as I might. 
That's a homer view, but that's no, right. no, 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 no. I'm I, not a homer though. I, I you like know, it. I'm not a homer. It's a, de- it's, a de- it's a definite homer view. But I'm the, not a homer. It's a homer view. There's no question. The, the the Eagles. If you look at the Eagles' defense right now, their their line is stout. They're, they they still have some problems in sorting out their their secondary. Uh, so the 49ers, I think overall, have played more consistently, and I would not have a problem with saying that right now they're better. They also have revenge coming into that Philly game and they're, they're playing really well. So I, I give the Niners a little bit of a nod right now over the Eagles. That doesn't mean the Eagles are going to win. Okay. That. They can have the nod in week five. Go ahead and have the well, nod in week where, five. Where am I supposed to have the nod? Week 10? We're in, we're in, we're in week five. I don't really, we're, we're in week five. The I, like question I, is I, who's I, the better I, team right now? I think the 49ers are just a tad better. <laughs> That's all right. You can be a homer. I'm not, I'm not a homer, though. You know I'm <laughs> not. A homer. I ripped this team more than anybody. <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's, it's fine. All right. And let's go around the NFL. The, the five thoughts that I've had in watching the NFL weekend. Of course, I did the uh, Eagles postgame show last night on Jacob Media. But you have your eye on all these other games. And you look at all the highlights around the NFL. So here are the five thoughts that I had watching the weekend of football. Let's start with the aforementioned 49ers exposing the Cowboys 42 to 10. And after the game, Dak Prescott, uh, the quarterback that everybody thinks is good, but he stinks, says this was the most humbled I've ever been a part of. Most humbling game I've ever been a part of. You stink, Dak, what do you mean? The most humbling. You've been humbled many times before. 42 to 10 in this game. Dallas, who had been uh, allowing uh, 10.3 points per game up to this point, gave up 21 uh, points in, in, in six possessions for the 49ers. They, they had been sacking the quarterback. A lot. They had one sack against the 49ers against Brock Purdy. Their run defense had allowed 170 and two TDs on 41 carries in this game. Kittle had three touchdowns on three receptions. Brock Purdy had threw for four touchdowns and 252 yards. Um, and so the question, here's what I know. The Cowboys aren't as good as the Eagles. They were a fraud team. They, they, they put up some big stats against a couple of inferior teams. When they had to play a good team, they crumbled, which is what they usually do. Uh, and the question that, that we need to ask, are the 49ers better than the Eagles at this point? The 49ers are a good team. All right, they were very impressive. Dallas... <laughs> I have to laugh. I really do. 42 to 10? Are you kidding me? All right. Uh, let's, uh, I, and there was a shot of Jerry Jones and his, and his, uh, his privileged son up in the box. Somehow they were laughing. That was 42 to 10, yo. You, you can't be laughing at 42 to 10. You should be firing fools at that point. All right, number two. Uh, Bill Belichick, have we, has it run its course? Let me tell you something. If I'm Robert Kraft, I might be thinking about it. I won't do it now. But if this season ends up the way I think it's going to end, they're a disaster. Uh, he might have to go. They might have to talk, Bill, hey, you know, it's time for you to step away and salvage your pride here. The, they've gotten beat 34 to nothing and the week before 38 to three. They haven't scored a touchdown in their past 34 offensive possessions. That's my man, Billy O'Brien, as their offensive coordinator, by the way. First time in Belichick's history as a coach, have his team scored three or fewer points in back-to-back games. Mac Jones was pulled. You know why? Because he stinks. You know, let's look at the run of, of Alabama quarterbacks. Two is holding up the whole thing. Or else you would have to go back to Joe frickin' Namath and, and Kenny Stabler and, and, and maybe even Richard Todd 
to come up with a quarterback from Alabama who is any damn good. Um, okay, Bill, you might have to go, brother. You might have to go. I'm sorry. You're a great coach, but you're ruining your legacy now with this stink stank. All right, number three. Joe Burrow is alive. Bengals win 34 to 20. I won't get too excited. It was over the Arizona Cardinals. Threw for 317 and three TDs. So let's get let's get man crush Darren in here. Uh, the floor is yours now with Joe Burrow. He looks healthier. He was driving the ball, stepping into the throws. Look like a completely different quarterback. He's back. And by the way, that division stinks. They're probably, probably going to, uh, they still have a lot of division games. I bet they can come back and win that division after starting 0 3. Oh, Here we go. Come on, Joe. Joe Burrow. Come on, Joe. And the man love. Uh, all right, number four. Uh, all right, uh, I got a problem with this here. London game. Jet lag for the Bills, obviously. Meanwhile, Jacksonville's over there. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're sightseeing with the tour of London and the London Bridge, and the, they're having bangers and mash and all, the whole thing. And they're just they're hanging out for a couple of weeks, play play a game of London. Before you sit sit there, wait for a, a team to come to them. That's a fly across the pond. I got a new rule here. If you're a team over there, you're going to play two games in London. You should be required to go to Spain and practice for the week. So you have to take a flight to come back to London for the game. It's a total unfair advantage. The Bills arrive on Friday. Now, what do you think is going to happen in the first part of that game on Sunday? I've taken that trip. I know what jet lag is like to to fly to Europe. Your thoughts, Darren? I think that they're already giving up home games. That's enough for the Jaguars to suffer through, at least as an organization. The players is a different story. And I, I, I think they're a good bet every time they play there because you're right. These teams come in, they're jet lagged. They're not used to that trip. Now, over time, more and more teams will get, more and more players will get used to that. But right now, they're the only team that does it regularly. You can't let a team stay there for two weeks and have the other team fly over. Make, make them fly to Spain. That's not bad. I like the idea. I saw you got to practice in Spain. Barcelona? Both teams should have a flight. Go to Barcelona to trip. There. Have a little, you know, little. Yeah, go to Barcelona. Go to Paris. Uh, wherever, whatever takes, whatever takes six hours. Right? You should have the same advantage that that team has. You just can't sit there in your hotel room. Come on, that's ridiculous. All right, let's go now to the fifth uh, one. My five thoughts. Um, the how are here's the question how are the giants so bad how can can a team that had that showed such promise last year come out and be dreadful this year um you got the offensive lineman neil yelling at the fans uh, you got daniel jones <laughs> getting a big contract and he stinks and let me just editorialize here daniel jones is a smart dude right he's duke educated he's smart enough to figure out that you don't stink and you don't show your true colors until you get the big contract. Once you get the big contract, then you can go back to being mediocre. And he flim-flammed the New York Giants to the point where they say, and then they got a coach who's yelling at grown men like he's coaching Malvern Prep with some rich and title guys that have to listen to the nonsense. Pro players aren't going to listen to that nonsense. The whole thing is a disaster with the New York Giants. That's why you never give coach of the year to a guy who wins nine games. I mean, that was ridiculous. It was, it was, I know, look, he did a good job last year, but didn't deserve coach of the year. They have no offensive weapons. They have no defensive weapons. They're the one, they have two guys that can play defense, really. And one of them is a complete prick who yelled at the fans. 
and he they're both him and Thibodeau are both or Thibodeau are both number one draft picks. I, they deserve everything they get. They're a poorly uh, run organization. That was a horrible contract they gave to Daniel yeah, Jones. And uh, I, I'm not losing any sleep yeah. over. Think 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 about how high we're riding right now. The Braves are squeezing their coolunes. You you got the Jets a disaster, and they're cut, and you have to go play them next week. And and the New York Giants, with all those obnoxious Giants fans, the Mets are gone, the Yankees are gone. This is a sweet time for Philadelphia fans here. The only thing that brings me down is the the Sixers in training camp, and uh, uh, now we have the like this fake belief that Hard is going to play the whole season and they're actually going to be competitive. We haven't even mentioned the Sixers, and I won't mention them today. They lost to Boston in their first preseason game. They didn't play anybody. All right, that's going to close it out for the Mike Misnelli podcast for today. Just a couple things that I want to mention. I want to thank the people at the Collingswood Book Festival. Uh, two guys in particular, Rich Renner and David Ostrow, who run that thing for local authors. And I was part of the children's author room uh, where I had my book, The Adventures of Shima the Sheba. And I had my Sheba the Sheba right there uh, as a kind of a billboard uh, for the uh, event. So I want to thank those guys for giving me the opportunity to display the book and, and sell a few books to the people. 20% of the proceeds go, uh, as always, to animal shelters. Uh, also, uh, Angelo Cataldi was there and he previewed his book, which is coming out in the spring called loud. And Angelo and I did a Q and a, and I believe they have that Q and a, uh, online. So, um, if you want to check that out, the Collinswood book festival website, you can probably hear the Q and a pretty entertaining. I was entertained by it. <laughs> and I, I think Angie enjoyed it as well. Uh, so thank you to the people at the Collingswood Book Festival. And also a reminder, tonight I will be on the fantastic sports show on Fox 29 tonight at 11.30, giving a little Phillies game analysis and probably talking about the Eagles. So hopefully you tune in for that. Uh, you can get me email-wise at mike at mikemiss.com. It's my website, uh, mikemiss.com, where we do a Friday blog, a video blog every Friday. Check that out. And you can uh, check my Twitter account out at mikemiss.com. Two five. I think that's about it for today, right? Are we good, Darren? I just want to say thank you to the entire intensive care unit at Jefferson Hospital in Cherry Hill for literally saving my life. So that's all. Darren, you're back in the pink. Glad you're feeling better. Uh, thanks uh, for gutting it out for today. And uh, we will have another podcast. Uh, we're going to do one tomorrow following the Phillies game. If you want, let's do it. Yeah, let's All do right. it. We'll see Absolutely. how we'll We're see how it goes tonight. If they lose, maybe not. If they win, uh, obviously we'll uh, we'll do one. Uh, but stay tuned for that. Meanwhile, thanks for listening to this podcast, everybody. Have a great rest of the day. It's a beautiful, beautiful autumn day here. Uh, so uh, have fun and and hang out. I I think I'm gonna make some beef stew right now. I'm in the mood to make some some warming beef stew for a chilly night to watch the ball game. Sounds yeah. good. Thanks, everybody. This is Mike Missanelli. Have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.